Hi, this is Kirti Mutatkar, President and CEO at United Ag, and I'm here in Willows, California today to meet with Raymond Rumiano, the co-owner of Rumiano Cheese. I am super excited to be here today, Ray. I flew into Sacramento this morning and drove down to Willows, and what a beautiful drive that was. It is. It felt like I was in Zen country. What a beautiful part of Northern California. So I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to hear your story. So uh, let's get started. Uh, let's start with where it all started. So Rumiano, last name, Italian, right? So your family originated from Italy. So let's hear your story. Sure. So early 1900s, uh, my great-great-grandfather, uh, Marco Rumiano, he actually immigrated from northern Italy, Piedmont region, came, found his way to San Francisco. He ended up dabbling in a bunch of different kind of gigs. I'm using air quotes there, but you know, ultimately sending money back. And after about a couple years, I think 1911 was when his three sons, John, Fred, and Richard were able to come on over from Italy and they found work in the gold mines of Amador County. And that didn't last too long. I think they got real sick of that. And then they moved back to the San Francisco, the big city. You know, and this is 1912, 1913. So it's really early days there. Uh, allegedly, they dabbled in, you know, winemaking and, you know, other things. And then they ultimately saved up a bunch of money and decided to buy a little tiny creamery here in Willows, California, which is roughly two this hours. Is it 1914? This would have been 1919 by 1919. this point. So they spent quite okay. a bit of time in the Bay Area. 1919 rolls around and they're like, all right, we saved up enough money. We're going to go buy um, what was then called the Rabbit Dairy here in Willows, California. So the Rabbit Dairy was then turned into the Glen County Dairy, which was a uh, dairy production, strictly milk. And then they realized, wait a minute, what are we going to do with all this milk? We've got a lot of milk and there's no refrigeration, that, you know, at least here. So they decided to start making cheese and butter. And then that was really the trajectory. That's how we shot from just, you know, dairying into actually converting that dairy into a, you know, cheese, right? It's much more, has a little bit more shelf life, so to speak, uh, especially without refrigeration, right? So, I'm um, at our old facility, uh, right across I-5 from us now, that's the original dairy. So, that was where we had dairied and then they had started making cheese and then we had just kind of piecemeal expanded it uh, to include our packaging and distribution. Um, we no longer make cheese here in Willows. We actually uh, ship that... Oh, we have that. We no longer make cheese here in Willows. It's all made in Crescent City, California. So right where the Oregon, California border meets border, Pacific yeah. Ocean, little tiny town on the California side. And that's where we get our wondrous milk shed in the Humboldt and Del Norte counties. Um, so they make it all up there. They ship it down to us. We age it, cut, package, and then distribute from Willows. It's a really nice central location. It's you know halfway between LA and Portland, pretty close to the Bay, pretty close to Reno. Um, so it's a really kind of central location. So those two facilities are the ones they kept after some expansion and then, you know, closing down some locations. So Amazing. So you're 100, more than 100 years old. Yeah. So we claim the 1919 was our, yeah. you know, so we're 104 roughly, you know. Yeah, it's really interesting. Obviously, family owned the whole time. So. Right. So from your perspective, right, so coming in from your generation, how does that feel? I mean, there could be people... The same kind of generation as yours have moved away from a family business. Why did you feel that you wanted to do this? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. It's actually, it's kind of a loaded question in a, in a lot of ways. I think, you know, frankly, when I started working, when I hit 15, my dad said, okay, Raymond, 
it's time to go to work. Where are you going to work? And I was like, oh, man, do I have to interview if I go to the factory? Uh, no, <laughs> you, you can just get a job. So I'm like, oh, I'll go to the factory and work. So I started working probably before I was 15, but you know, labor laws and whatnot. We'll just say 15 now. But, uh, you know, I started labeling cheese and working in our dry jack cellar, which is still over there. It's 100 years old. We age all of our dry jack in there. So I, I spent a lot of time in our cellar working on our packaging lines, cutting cheese by hand, putting it into bags, sealing it up, labeling it, et cetera. And, you know, I spent probably close to 10 years in that kind of environment, whether, you know, I kind of moved around in terms of in roles and responsibilities. But ultimately, I think that is what calls me back to staying in this is my connection with the people doing the work on the floor, right? Yeah. And understanding the tough effort that it is and the, you know, sometimes thankless. It's it's frankly is thankless, right? We see a package of cheese on the wall in the, the grocery store, but the effort and the uh, commitment from people on the floor cutting and wrapping those cheeses, you know, they're probably here more than they see their family. And it's, and it's something that I want to strive for is to, how do we make this a better place to work for them? And of course our farmers, right? We've got 26, 27 partner dairies in Del Norte and Humboldt County. And, you know, they're all family owned, they're generational. A lot of them, you know, I think that the average farm has roughly 300 cows compared to, you know, some of these giant corporations that have, you know, 75,000 cows in their herds. But um, we're really connected with those farmers and we're their life, right? Because they, right. they can't sell their milk to anyone else, right? So right. there's just, I think that's one really core driver for me in terms of like why I stick around and why I'm really driven to be a part of this is, is that there's so many people that our company affects and can affect that to me, it's, it's how do we optimize that and make sure that everyone's finding a win out of this, right? So That's actually awesome. That's an <laughs> awesome way of looking at it because that's what is making it fulfilling for you, right? It's yeah. like a finding yeah. fulfillment because I, I think deep down when you really think about it, we reflect back, right? We all need financials um, and we all need to do financially well from a business, from personal standpoint, from all of that. But deep down, it's what you just said is makes it fulfilling because of helping other human beings and yeah. live life to their fullest and right. enjoy what they're doing. Right. Exactly. That, that's, that's my life passion. That's your look. Seems like, seems like it's yours. And the interesting thing that you said was we see if you're in Orange County or wherever you see a cheese on the uh, shelf and you buy it and you don't necessarily understand every person who's touched this and where it had to go, what it had to go through to come to the point. It happens across the board in any agricultural yeah. product. Like you take, talk about lemons, you talk about strawberries and all of that, right? It's it's a very interesting journey. So can you, I know you touched on it a little bit, but can you go a little bit deeper for somebody who does not even understand the concept of how cheese is made? Sure. Well, let's start at the dairy because okay. that's really where it starts, right? Okay. I think it would be a disservice to our dairy producers, but any dairy producer out there if we didn't start there. So we, it's funny because we always say it doesn't matter if it's your birthday or if you know it's a holiday that you celebrate. The cows need to be milked and they need to be cared for, right? So dairying is really kind of one of those thankless jobs that you're producing milk. And, and we really, we at Rumiano really cherish our dairy partners because for one, they have a lot of familiar kind of generational effort that they've put in over the generations. But aside from that, the practices that they follow with you know, pasture-based grazing and there's a lot of sustainability and regenerative practices that they're already implementing that are just traditional methods, right? And also the humane treatment of those animals is like such a key component of that, right? But all that effort that goes into just making sure their cows are happy and healthy and also producing really high quality milk, 
that's a job in itself. You know, I talk to dairymen here and there and dairy women, and it is thankless, right? They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're providing a really interesting product to us. And then we convert that into a value added product for, you know, ourselves. And, and a lot of times, you know, in a lot of industries, those ingredient makers using some air quotes there, but they're not getting the real fulfilling kind of, you know, the value add that somebody else might get with processing. So I think just noting like the dairying itself is a day in day out job. It's a commitment. It's a true hands-on job every single day. And then going to our manufacturing facility in Crescent City, right? We've got, you know, five to six days a week, they're making cheese and there's a team of roughly about 50 people up there. And, you know, the cheesemakers get up 2 a.m. or they're there by 2 a.m. in the morning to start the cheese making process. And there's a lot of documentation. Now, it's a little more automated nowadays, which is super handy and, and great for consistency, but also a little less hands-on, right? It gives everyone a little bit of a break. But, you know, that's also a really intense job. It's hot and humid in there and it's it's not easy. You know, in a lot of the ways we use um, make our dry jack, for example, is very manual process. There's no automation besides the making of the curd itself. And then everything from that point on is hand rolling, pressing everything, right? And again, you know, those communities aren't, you know, our community in Willows, Glen County, um, the communities up there in Del Norte County, Humboldt, they're not particularly like wealthy communities. So we have a responsibility, I think, of, you know, giving back to those in those communities via these these roles and jobs. And then when you bring it all back here, you know, you've got the the logistics, the truck drivers spending days apart from their family, right? And they're bringing the cheese down to us in Willows, California, which is, you know, five and a half hours roughly from Crescent City but um and then it gets here and then it's stashed in our warehouse for aging and then when it's getting ready to go you know we've our office team we have schedulers preparing for what to run what needs to go down what line and and then the people out on the floor they're actually handling the cheese you know they're here at you know working 10 hour days up to you know f- 6 days a week sometimes and it is you know again thankless right they're physically grabbing these 40 pound blocks they're loading them up they're documenting all this important traceability information They're sending it down that line, it's getting packaged, and then it's getting put into a box and then put into our warehouse and then ultimately sent out to those distributors or retailers where you just see it on the shelf. You're like, oh, beautiful. Six slices (laughs) in a package. I will take that. Beautiful. And you don't really think about it, right? And that that certainly just, you know, I haven't mentioned even our sales teams and the marketing and the the efforts that the kind of mid-management that has to put in all that effort to make sure all of that runs really fluidly. There's just so much effort that goes into that that I, I think you know, I'm speaking for cheese, but, you know, we can recognize that that transcends, this is food, I think, in food. a lot of ways, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So anyway. That's true. And you, when you pick that, it's interesting. I don't know if you feel this way, but the taste, why a cheese is a cheese is because of all the journey that cheese has yeah. gone through a little sure. bit, right? Because if you don't start off with the happy cow, right? I mean, right. that cheese is not going to be end. And it actually, my ethnicity is Indian and cows are considered very sacred. Yeah. I mean, they're like, uh, we are, uh, it's basically like a, we call it, it's a mother of, right? A mom, right? Sure. So that's because oh, you're yeah, feeding absolutely. everything. That's how a cow is seen as a very sacred. But you start off with that, you treat that, well, make sure that's, and then that ends up being in the superior cheese. Exactly. That's the key, right? Is the the treatment of the animal, not to mention the food, right? And you can't, we can get into the milk shed up there a little later. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, and and it's again, doing right by the people, I think. The, The interesting part with United Ag, so we started 40 years ago. And the way United Ag started with the, was a bunch of dairies 
Oh, so we interesting. To, we, uh, we had a few dairies and then that was a birth of United Ag as a health plan for dairy industry. So it's very interesting. But the thing was, I think since then what has happened is a lot of dairies are now leaving California. Do you see any pressure from what's going on? Is there, I mean, you guys are flourishing. You're doing an amazing job and growing. What's yeah. happening to the, what do you think? Is um, it hard to do business here? I think, frankly, dairying in general is pretty tough. You know, I think, yeah, we could get into the, is it tough to do business in California? But I think just generally uh, back to that, dairying is a thankless job and it's really not a, you know, high paying job, so to speak. Right. And it's difficult. You know, we had, I mean, there's been numerous times where there's, you know, these mass, you know, milk essentially, you know, there's these companies that are essentially buying, you know, massive amounts of milk from these regions and then they'll pull out of the region and now you've left hundreds of dairy folk out of business, right? They have no way to sell their milk, right? And, you know, it's it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like, these are generational dairies, especially in our region. They're, they're you know, families came from Italy and uh, Portugal or wherever in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And stayed mm-hmm. here. And, and now they're seeing well, all this value that I've built with my brand and my company and my dairy and putting in all this effort. Now it's all gone because nobody's buying my milk and we can't buy every milk, all right. of the milk. We only can right. buy so much, right? So it's hard. And I'm, we've seen a lot of dairy people go out of business, you know, especially in the last 10 years, I'd say it's a drastic hit, right? And we've had a couple big milk buyers pull out of California, the Northern Red, Redwood Coast and whatnot. And, you know, it's crisis time for them, you know? And, and I think you know, that's kind of, frankly, I think as a cheese maker, it's kind of our responsibility just to like bring them along with us, you know, make sure that the dairy industry is being, you know, paid back, so to speak. Right. So. And you're right. It is generations and generations and it's history and what they bring. Right. I mean, it's the whole, like, or even the farm, like the entire farming from Italy, from Portugal, from other places and coming, making California their home and now you feel like oh what now exactly i can only imagine it's kind of earth shattering right Right, you know know? so yeah it's sad and you see that across the board in other ag products right now and the importance i keep telling anybody who can hear me or i talk to everything buy california grown and bright uh because this is what we have here is a natural resource and what has helped all this is amazing. There, there was a reason why your ancestors came in and settled in California and did That's it here, right? right? I mean, there's, you create superior product here. Right. You know? yeah. So, uh, Ray, from your uh, role as uh, kind of you're the marketing communications role at uh, here, what are your challenges? What do you see as your challenge? That's a great question. You know, I do kind of wear a lot of hats. I think my, right now I'm very tapped into our marketing kind of efforts. And I think that there's, uh, in terms of marketing our product or just generally, I think marketing any sort of food product, especially dairy at this point, I find it really difficult to, not necessarily difficult. I think that there's there's kind of this shift going where, you know, dairy doesn't always have the best kind of connotations. When you hear the term, you're like, oh, great. You know, they're treating cows poorly. They're all standing on concrete slabs all day. You're using hundreds of gallons of water per cow every day to just keep that place going in terms of feed. And I think, you know, for me, the way Rumiano's milk producers have done it is so drastically different, but that's what they call traditional, right? Nowadays, we see traditional as like down the, you know, the Central Valley and those cows are in essentially a feedlot all day. And it's very different. I'm not to say it's bad or good, good one yeah. way or another yeah. uh, by any means, but educating the consumer on what different looks like, mm-hmm. right? The, mm-hmm. the very 
this very different kind of way of doing dairy. And granted, everyone doesn't have access to the lush green pastures that our cows do every year. You know, one 365 days a year, they have open pastures to go graze on. Granted, some days they just want to stay in the barn because it's raining. But, you know, that's probably the hardest part, I think, is differentiating and making sure that there are people understand like, you know, yeah, we see, you know, the Netflix documentary about the horrors of dairy and meat production and stuff. And that's, that's real. That's all real stuff. And also there's a very different way of doing it. And that goes with agriculture as well. You know, I think of like regenerative agriculture and how it's really kind of taking hold and understanding of like how we're, we're not just sustaining, but we're regenerating, we're taking, you know, sequestering, you know, GHGs and, and doing things through essentially these fairly, you know, old school or traditional farming practices that we've kind of lost track of, right? right so right. I don't know. It's just really interesting. It feels like we're all kind of cyclically going back into these old traditional methods that are much more kind of working with the earth versus kind of this is ours and we're going to use it for what we want, right? That's such a great perspective. There are a couple of things I want to tease out from there. But just going back to your last point, I interviewed the owner of Babe Farms mm-hmm. up in Santa Maria, and he had the same things to say. The traditional way of agriculture, the way we did it, mm-hmm. the way that's the norm, right? Mm-hmm. Because we understood you have to take care of earth. Mm-hmm. You have to be sustainable because this is, it's like the mother, I said, the cow, you gives back this, you have to have, these are your resources mm-hmm. that have to give giving, not just for you, your kids, your grandkids, and you're creating a multi-generational product right exactly. here. So how would you abuse that? Because if you abuse that, you might lose it in your own generation yeah. and not have it for your kids and your grandkids and stuff. Yeah. But these look at your 1919 and that's when this started. So they yeah. create, I had this. So that's like a, from a, across the board in agriculture. <laughs> that's a thing. Going back to something that you said, the negative connotation with dairy and agriculture, you made a really good point that we all put it in one bucket. Mm-hmm. We call it the ag agricultural industry mm-hmm. but there are different ways different people are doing different things it's great for the documentaries and making a great news article to splash things across and because that makes a great statement mm-hmm. that this is happening but maybe people need to educate themselves dig a little deeper for every industry out there the different ways of doing things right. so can you talk a little bit more about that sure i let me share a little anecdote that I cherish this uh, story, but it kind of leans into what you're talking about. And I think so, you know, our friend that does vegan was really, you know, anti-dairy and understandably, right? But through the times of like getting to know her more and sharing kind of what our, my family's cheese company produces and how it's produced and stuff. um, There was a time where we picked her up from the airport one time and she's like, hey, Ray. I've decided I'm going to eat cheese now, but only from Rumiano cheese. And I literally almost cried because it was such a a notion of, you know, I trust and respect her perspectives and I totally understood where she's coming from. The fact that she was able to like take the steps to think through what it meant to her, um, the humane treatment of the animals, the sustainable aspects, the, you know, being part of that ecosystem, building the communities, right? It was probably one of the most charming moments of my life. I look back on that very fondly, but um, I think just, you know, kind of echoing what you were mentioning is there is a lot out there. And again, I'm not trying to discredit any of those negative perspectives or anything out there because let's face it, you know, not everyone's got the best interest of the resources and the earth in, in their mind or the communities, especially at that or their employees. But, you know, it was just really, it, it signaled to me like, okay, 
Rumino does have something here. Like we are doing something right, right? It, it helped me kind of shift my perspective and take myself out of kind of drop my ego, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And it's like, okay, there's something here that not a lot of other people have. And, you know, on a marketing perspective, that's super handy <laughs> because now we have a differentiating factor. But on just like a ethical sort of like a human element, it was really powerful to me. So I would implore people to really understand where their food comes from, right? Just understand it, at least understand I'm not telling you what decisions to make by any means, but just take a look, right? Understand where that came from. And, you know, that's to say, like, I just drank some really awesome tea from China. It's magical tea. It's really magnificent. Yeah. And that's okay, right? It doesn't mean it's bad or good. It just is. And I've taken the time to understand where it comes from and how it was made, right? Um, so I choose that tea. So, you know, I think self-education is really important. And, you know, headlines are headlines for a reason, right? They're, they're certainly trying to get your attention. So I think, you know, looking beyond that and taking the, you know, statistics can be morphed into however you really want it to read, right? right? So right. yeah, just looking a little deeper into that and understanding a little more is really key. Right. And I, once you do that, I think in the enjoyment goes, it's triple fold, mm -hmm. I feel, right? Because you really get it, you understand it. And yeah. with the, every taste, I mean, it sounds like a commercial, but it's not really a commercial. <laughs> but I, I think you do taste that. And one of the things that I found really, really attractive and the reason I'm here today is I had dinner with Patrick and mm -hmm. um, Marlene. Mar Marlene. Yep. And we were talking about kind of we got a tour and Patrick and they were talking about kind of your culture and what you do. And that was extremely attractive to me because the similar to what you are talking about, a negative connotation, the same thing happens with health insurance companies, mm -hmm. right? So you come in, like, oh, a health plan, United is a health plan. All we're going to do is no, no, no. Mm -hmm. How do I cut my cost? How do we do this? And as I was earlier telling you, the thing with United Ag is that we're trying to test how would we do right by the people, right? If we are diagnosed with something or we have something happens, how would you like to be treated? And let's create a sustainable business that works for the empl the patient that works for the business mm -hmm. and that works for anybody associated with that. And that's the challenge. That's the fulfilling part of it. The easy thing is to say no and make lots of money, but right. is that the right thing to do? So I hope like your friend, the vegan friend, I hope people the say, say some similar things about United Ag and say, okay, the cheese, I don't really like health insurance, but I like United <laughs> Ag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be awesome to, because that's through United Ag through what you're doing through Rumiano Cheese, you're trying to change people's mind and say, by doing right by the people, it can be done. Yeah. So others, please listen and mm -hmm. do it the right way. Right. 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 I mean, that's, that's the message. Kind of influencing, correct. right? That's correct. essentially what we're correct. trying to do, correct. I think. Correct. On, yeah. I, and I think, again, we never intended to do that. You know, it, we literally, generational farms have been doing it the same way. Our families and making the cheese the same way. And Granted, I think, you know, in terms of like employee culture and the culture of the company and how's that shifting over the time, it's perpetually evolving almost all the time, right? But I truly appreciate what you're saying. You know, I'm going through that right now. You know, frankly, I'm trying to find a therapist and that whole struggle is so difficult. It's so cold and inhuman that it makes it really tough, right? And I, I appreciate the, the effort that you're putting into, the, the intention and the, the, the drive. For, right, especially you know, mental Act. health and especially in... I think it was more so in our agriculture industry because we were the front, we had to be out there, right, during COVID time. So we went through a lot more. And 
it was still considered a little bit of a taboo in this industry than more so in other industries. And so we are going through all of that and there is a need for it. And so you, through United Act, we're exploring uh, a lot of things to kind of help because, and people kind of, again, very similar to when you say, people tend to put things in buckets, mm-hmm. right? People like classifying things. So <laughs> mental health, behavioral health becomes a bucket, but is that really, your needs could be very different than my needs, my needs, and the two of us, the third need is totally different, but I'm gonna solve it by one way. Mm-hmm. Is it doable? No, yeah. right? So we're exploring some options where a Ray calling in could have a very different need and a Kirti calling in could have a different need and how do we guide that person to the right care, sure. right? But again, that's going back to understanding, first going deeper, which sometimes we all don't tend to do mm-hmm, because sure. easier thing is not to go deeper <laughs> and understand. And the other thing is, just kind of be human. Let's, yeah. We are humans. We're all let's, this together, let's treat right? All this to, yeah, exactly. I think COVID has taught us more to be that that was a wake up call for all of yeah. us, right? So uh, going back to your cheese. Uh, so what what is your favorite cheese? Oh my. Um, <laughs> I get shunned in the industry for saying this, but I really love American cheese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we used to actually have a lot of, uh, we had cheese that we have this thing called trim. It's essentially when you take a 40-pound block and cut it into an eight-ounce bar, you're bound to have little bits uh, left over that can't sell. So we used to sell that and turn it into an American cheese. It was an organic American cheese. That was oh, your favorite. It was amazing. <laughs> I think we don't have that anymore, but you know, it's hard to say. I think a really good, well, if we're not speaking about Rumiano cheeses specifically, I think a really good triple cream camembert brief sort of is is a bloomy rind of any sorts is really my go-to. So you're not a cheese snob then? No, certainly not. <laughs> um, I spent just kind of before this role that I'm on now, I was a general manager of an e-commerce project through Rumiano. So it was called Board at Home. Uh, and we essentially, the goal was to, this was set, started up just early COVID, 2020, March 2020 was when we spun this up. But the goal was to highlight a bunch of artisan cheesemakers throughout California that didn't have the ability to have, you know, storefronts buying their cheese and selling it. And they didn't have the cheesemongers. They didn't have their farmer's markets, right? They had no outlet for these cheeses. So my goal was to, well, the team's goal that helped set this up was really to, how do we highlight them and get people drive to their e-commerce sites and and buy their products in the store? And that evolved into doing about 300 different cheese tasting events Mm -hmm. virtually um, with, you know, assorted, you know, tech giants and, uh, you know, insurance companies and, you know, consulting firms that are, you know, the big three, a lot of different ones. And I always started those kind of events just saying, there's no wrong way to enjoy what you're eating. Like, seriously, if you don't like something, that's okay. But, uh, you know, I always said, I'm not a cheese snob. I'm not pretentious about cheese. So, but that was like a big important thing to me. It was just like, you know, again, part of that educating the consumer earlier is just, you know, I had some people say like, I've never, ever thought about cheese this way, or I've never even thought about food this way. Right. Right? And it was like, Wow, Ray, you're doing more than just telling people about cheese. You're you're like changing the way people are tasting and eating their yeah. product, right? Like that was something special. So that's pretty cool. We should do something like that with United. That's yeah. because I think that's true. When you understand the way you eat and getting oh, people yeah. to understand it, especially what's with, and how it impacts right. everything else. Well, we called we... it tasting with intention, right? So it's it's really Ooh. taking a minute to understand like behind where it came from, but also you know, every second of that taste of that piece of cheese or that wine or that bread, whatever it is, right? It transcends cheese. But uh, 
it's just thinking about it and it's and then that can kind of lay into every aspect of your life really just thinking like what's my intention here but that's another podcast like it's a mindful mindfulness it is it's a mindful it's really is a mindfulness exercise in a lot of ways but uh, going back to your mindfulness i wonder through cheese and what you do like you said it relates back to everything that we do right being have an intention be mindful of what you do right so I mean, act of eating cheese and enjoying it. You don't have to rush through it. Yeah. We all are in this rat race. We all want to get somewhere. Some people in my age are talking about retiring and whatever, right? I'm like, live life today like mm-hmm. you're you're retired today. Why totally. can't you live? I mean, you create craft your life around mm-hmm. it, right? So we're always thinking, what next? What's tomorrow? What's right. this? What my next hour? <laughs> Sit down and just enjoy the piece of cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? right. As I go, be here very now. Good. That's right? pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah a- it was in retrospect, it's very interesting. I always heard my wife would always tell me, "Be where your hands are." Ooh, and that like was that. really interesting because that is, you know, be where your cheese is in a sense, right? But that helped. You know, cheese was the vessel, right? That it really wasn't about cheese in a lot of ways. Like it was, it was so much more about more connection with humans. Obviously, we're all doing this virtually, but. Um, yeah, it really, it is. It's about intention, right? It's about just taking a minute and thinking about, okay, like appreciate where you're at if you can. You know, some people aren't privileged enough to have the ability to appreciate where mm-hmm. they're at, right? So yeah. I've got to take that with the scope of, you know, lens that I have. But That's awesome. We would love to do something yeah. where like a virtual event because that, that's awesome because it connects at so many different levels. Sure. So many yeah. different levels. It really does. Thank you, Ray. This was awesome. I think just usually when I go through these interviews, I keep it open because I'm curious and I want to see what I learned from it. But your message about the mindfulness and what we do in our lives and with an intention and I think what you be where your hand Mm -hmm. is or be, be where your cheese is was beautiful because I'm going to remember that every time, not just eating cheese, but anything, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Perpetual challenge to commit to doing that on a always basis. But, you know, that's the beauty of it, yeah, I guess. Yeah. The practice. And it looks like journey. you. this has been really, really exciting because I can see your energy, I can see your passion, and I'm feeling energized by that. And this is super exciting. So thank you for doing this. And uh, I'm glad I came down here yeah. to meet with you. Well, thanks for journeying all this way. I appreciate it. I know it's uh, not much here, so <laughs> we appreciate you, you coming out. You are here. Come on. <laughs>